Okay, we made it to page 128. 228? 328. Okay, say this. The first number doesn't matter. It's the last two. Okay, 328. And uh, we had just finished explaining that the... I'm sorry, 326. Sorry, that umnum, because there's an umnum over here. This umnum. Okay, 326, sorry. See, I said only the last two numbers count. We had just finished explaining that the Maimari Chazal and the Psukim that seem to contradict each other, some Psukim saying that Ayurveda affects the Kaddish Baruch and some Psukim saying that Ayurveda does not affect the Kaddish Baruch some Maimari Chazal saying that Ayurveda does affect the Kaddish Baruch some Maimari Chazal saying that Ayurveda does not affect the Kaddish Baruch so we answered that how? Two words. <coughs> there you go, that's the answer. Arachanatik, right? That at, arich is, arich is, uh, is affected, atik not. And we know what that means. And if we don't know what that means, so review what we learned uh, up, until, uh, up until now. Okay? Amnam. Amnam usually means we're going to see some problem in what we've just said. And we know this mimer doesn't end yet. So. Amnam, however. Adayin sarich lahavin, we still have to understand something. The Rebbe is about to say something amazing about the way the Torah is written which is something that most people don't think about, but once you do think about it, it's really quite astounding. Right? We have two psukim. So the first pasuk chronologically in the Torah, even though it's not the name of the Maimer, the name of the Maimer, is the second of the two psukim. Right? The first pasuk is, And he'll bless your bread and your water. And I will remove sickness from your midst. And you were, you noticed, see that? You got one? No. No. Here we go. There we go. See, I knew it. There we go. We're up to 23. There's got to be a cutoff point. That that Vasiresi Machmikebecha, you guys mentioned and noticed that it changes subjects. The, the person changes. It goes from third person to first person. The next Pasik, the number of your days I will fill. Right? Again, I first person. Okay? Say that. Now very rarely does the Torah talk in first person. Right? And the question is who's first person and who's third person? How's that was that me? Vavada Mesavalokechem Kai, that relates Loirakal Madregus to Sedrishtaushalus. Right? Not only on the levels of Sedrishtaushalus, Shisham Nageya Inyana Veda that those are the levels that are affected by Ayurveda, as we canal, as we mentioned at great length in the last two pages of the Mimer. Elegam, but rather also al This also relates to a level beyond Ishtashlus. In other words, we said as follows. We said that Ayurveda affects Seder Ishtashlus and the level of Keser that is the source of Seder Ishtashlus, and that level is called Arich. And when we say that a Jew is mesif or in Eilam when he does a mitzvah, in Eilam he increases the light. In Eilam what does that mean? So to speak, he touches Arech, 
which causes light to sh- flow down into Eilam Atzilus, because Arach is the level of Keser that's the source of the light in Eilam Atzilus. That's, that's what we mean. That's what the Pshat is. That's what happens when you do a mitzvah. Hi, what about Atik? Atik is not affected by your mitzvah. It's a level completely transcendent. That's what we set up until then. But the Rebbe is about to point out that if you look at this passage carefully, you'll notice that we actually affect the level even beyond Seder Ishtashlis. Even beyond Atzilus and beyond Arich. Ubehekdim. At first, Hadiyuk. The careful reading of the words Beloshin Akasit. Now the Rebbe is going to point out that contradiction that, that you guys noticed that it starts in third person and ends up in first person. There's a contradiction from the beginning of the Pasuk to the end of the Pasuk. At the beginning of the Pasuk, it says, You should serve a Vayalukechim and he, which I assume is a Vayalukechim, and he will bless your bread and your water, etc. Right? Loshen Nistar means third person. What does third person mean? It means you can't see the person, you know who it is. Anytime you see third person, you ask, to whom does that refer? He, she, it. Who is that? Not clear. Nistar means hidden. Right? Okay? Anytime. I mean, in Gemara, what do we, we talk about this all the time. Every, every time you see a pronoun, you have to de- decide to whom does that pronoun refer. Every pronoun in, 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 in a Mishnah or in a Gemara. Okay? It's the first thing you do when you see a pronoun. <coughs> because the pronoun is usually he. <laughs> okay. But any pronoun, by definition, you have to figure out who it's referring to, even though very often it's obvious. John said to Jim, I'm going to the store. Well, it's rather obvious who I is in that, in that sentence. Like the third person speaking, like a narrator, so to speak. And afterwards it says, I will remove. Neichach means present, but it means, means first person. When a person says I, so that means they're there. And when you say you, well, he's also there. He might not be. He said, who's he? I don't know. You said, well, you must be standing here because I'm talking to you. I said, well, I also must be standing here because I just said that. Right? So I and you, the people are present in the place that the conversation is taking place in. He, he could be anywhere. Okay, so he is called Lashen Nista. So Lashen Neichach is first person. That's the language, Lashen Neichach. In Hebrew, that's how you say first person. So it, it changes from third person to first person. Kemadaber ba'ad atzmei, like someone speaking about themselves. hu. the matter is like this. And this is based on, on uh, well, I mean, if you look at the footnote, you'll see that this is brought in, in a mimer from the Tzemach Tzedek, it's brought in a mimer from the Rebbe Shab, but it's based on what the Rebbe is about to quote, the Ramban. The Ramban's Hakdoma to his parish on the Torah, which is something you should all learn. You shall read, you shall learn. Right? The Ramban, you can find it in English. Right? It's a, the, the Ramban wrote a Hakdama, wrote a, 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 an introduction to each of the five books of the Torah, right? in his parish on the Torah. So his, his, his Hakdama, to say for Beratius, is his Hakdama to the Torah itself. And he discusses there the Chazal, the, 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 the Machlekes Chazal, exactly how the Torah was written. When Moshe Bainu wrote down the Torah, how did he write it? How did it work? Kaddish Baruch gave, him, gave it to him piece by piece, he wrote it all down at the end. How did it work? 
Right? I mean, we know Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah. We know Kodesh Baruch Hu told him what to write. Beside it, but how does how does that work? How did it happen? Right? There's all sorts of interesting questions regarding the Torah. Right? Two of the parshas that are in Tefillin were written in the 40th year. The Jews were commanded to put on Tefillin at Har Sinai. What was in their Tefillin for 40 years? Two of the parshas didn't exist. Did they have Tefillin with two parshas? Did they have Tefillin with four parshas, even though those parshas didn't exist yet? Shema hadn't been. Shema is in Devarim. Behind Shema is in Devarim. Okay, Besaidu, that's also true. So there's Machlekes in the Chazal there, and Rashi brings both Tzadim of the Tzadim of the Machlekes in his parish on, on the Torah at the end of the Torah. Right? Two different understandings is what happened. Right? Either Yeshua wrote the last eight psukim, or Moshe wrote the last eight psukim with tears. Rashi brings that message. Right? Moshe, as he was writing the last eight psukim of the Torah, he was crying as he was describing his own passage. Okay. It's very, very, it's very worthwhile, worth your time, right? All your spare time, and we have a lot of spare time. <laughs> there must be a holiday coming up soon, though. So, so I think we're done with holidays for a while. The next one is Purim. Not a holiday, but I mean, it's a day that you're not going to get up and learn service in the morning. Um, it's hard to get up in the morning before. Um, um, Learn the the Ramban's Hagdoma to say for Bereshis. You can learn the I mean it's Sefer Shmeis now. You can learn the Ramban's Hagdoma to say for Shmeis also. It's amazing. It's short. It's half a. It's just a little paragraph. Hmm? What's the definition of Hagdoma? Uh, introduction. Something Kodem. Kodem means before. Hmm. Okay. So Alpima because of a Ramban, the Ramban, Ramesha ben Nachman, one of the major Rishonim. A couple of generations after the Rambam, right? Took the Rambam out of Cherem after the Rambam was put in Cherem. So the Ramban is the one who undid the Cherem, was upset that they put such a giant in Cherem, but some people didn't like Mar Nevuchim, so they put the Rambam in Cherem. <coughs> the Ramban undid that. And the Ramban wrote what would, I think, reasonably called the second most important parish on the Torah. The most important, of course, being Rashi's. Right? The Ramban, when he wrote his parish on the Torah, said he's going to keep two lights in front of him at all time, Rashi and the Ibn Ezra, that he's going to write his parish in the context of those two parish, Rashi and the Ibn Ezra. Right? And he refers to Rashi, loy mishpata b'chara. Rashi has the, <coughs> the din of the firstborn. Right? Treats Rashi with tremendous respect. Never says he disagrees with Rashi, but he never he never says anything particularly aggressive about Rashi. Right? He calls the Ibn Ezra an idiot walking in the darkness. He calls him all sorts of nasty names because that's just the way the Rishon used to talk to each other. But but um, he, he he would never say that about Rashi, even though he disagrees with Rashi. But he. Now, he disagrees with the Ibn Ezra also, but he says in his poem, he also wrote a poem at the beginning of his parish to the Torah. He's a fascinating person. He's also a medical doctor. So uh, uh, he wrote a poem, and in the poem he said by the Ibn Ezra, he said by, the, by Rashi, loy mishpata b'chora. <coughs> he has the din of the firstborn, Rabbi Avram ben Ezra, and, the, and Rabbi Avram, the son of Ezra, the Ibn Ezra, Ibn Arabic for son of, that's his name, the Ibn Ezra. Um, uh, uh, 
open rebuke and hidden love. Meaning he rebukes him openly, but he obviously, I mean, he didn't take your parish on the Torah and write his in light of it, right? He said, I'm going to hold two perushim in front of me at all times, Rashi and the Ibn Ezra. So even though he says all these nasty things about the Ibn Ezra, he learned his parish on the Torah and decided that when he was going to write a parish on the Torah, it was in line with those two. So that obviously means he thinks the Ibn Ezra is quite important. <coughs> so if you ask the Ramban, what's the, what are the two most important perushim on Torah, he'd say Rashi and Ibn Ezra. If you ask someone in our generation, they'd probably say Rashi and Ramban. Because <coughs> of Ramban, Arishan lived, uh, you know, seven, eight hundred, eight hundred years ago. In his Hagdom, in his, in his introduction to his parish on the Torah. So now, the Ramban says something quite astounding that you probably never thought about. Don't worry, he didn't say Kfira. Right, sounds pretty good, bad here. That Moshe Rabbeinu didn't write the Torah. That's not true. You have to keep reading the Zen's. Shaloi, if, if CNN took this as a soundbite, so then they would say that the Ramban is a kefir, right? And that's how news agencies make headlines, by taking things out of context and misquoting. But we're not interested in that. Shaloi of Meshur Rabbeinu HaTorah. The Meshur Rabbeinu did not write the Torah. Dalad Svarim Rishenim, the first four books. Kimedabra Ba'ad Atzmei. Like someone speaking about himself. But rather like a third person speaking, like a narrator. Right? It's very interesting. Meshu wrote the whole Torah. Only in Devarim does Meshu say, God spoke to me. The rest of the Torah, 69 times in the Torah, it says, V'yadabra Shem el Meshu Lemur. Kaddish Baruch spoke to Meshu. Okay, who said that? V'yadaber Hashem el Meshe Lemur. So who is saying those words? The Torah. Okay, but say who is that? Who's the narrator of the Torah? It's not Yud Kei Vav. What does that mean, Hashem? Bad, bad, bad answer. Hashem usually means Yud Kei Vav Kei. Yud Kei Vav Kei is saying that? No. How do you know Yud Kei Vav Kei isn't the author of that statement? Because then it would say, I spoke to Moshe. Right? It doesn't say that. Hashem. What does that mean? Right? God. Yes, of course God said it. What does that mean? Right? Mesha also obviously didn't say that. Why not? Because it would say, Kodesh Bokhu spoke to me. So who's narrating the Torah? Who is that? Never thought of that, did you? It's an amazing question. Who is, who is saying all of this? In the fifth book of the Torah, that's why the Ramban, Ramban says only for the fifth, it's obviously Moshe speaking. It's Moshe talking to Am Yisrael, and it says, I said to you, and you said to me, and God said to me. That, that, that's what it says in the book. That's why Devarim is different than all of the other books. In Bereshis, Kodesh Baruch who spoke to Avram, who says that? Who is that? Who's telling us that? No. Moshe wasn't there. Moshe's writing it. But there's a narrator of the Torah describing all of these events. Who is that narrator? It's not Yudke Vavke. It's not Shem Elohim. It's not any of the names of a Kodesh Baruch Because all those names appear, and they don't appear as I, they appear as a name. John said to Jim, okay, who didn't, who is not narrating that? John or Jim? 
Or else it would say, I said to John, or, or, or I said to Jim, or John said to me. That's the way you write things. So who wrote that John said to Jim? Okay. Some person who's the author of the book. I get it. So who's the author of the Torah? Interesting. Right? <laughs> who wrote this book? Amesha. But no. Amesha was told to write it by someone. Who? Who's the, who's, who's, who's the narrator? Right? Amazing. It's like a third person speaking. Hainu. Ki ilu as if ain a medaber shame havaya v'lemeisher meisher that the one speaking is not shame havaya and not meisher elo but rather kishlishi a medaber a third person speaking now you know not, I mean I'm saying person it's obviously not a person but we you know in, in, grammatically we say third person ukemay be a daber havaya meisher lemer like that pasuk which we just talked about. This is clearly not the speech of Mesha. Mesha's not saying this. He's writing it down, but he's not saying it. Because if Mesha says it, it would have to, it would say, Kodesh Boko spoke to me, which he does say in Devarim. Not in the rest of the Torah. Eli means to me. To me. This is clearly not Shem Avaya speaking. I spoke to Mesha. Clearly, the, the narrator of the Torah is not Shem Avaya. You never thought of this, right? No one ever thinks of this. And then you encounter, you go, wow, this is really an amazing. Like, well, Itaka? You learn this book all the time, but I don't, like, who wrote this book? Who's, who, is, who is it that is saying that this aspect of godly reality appeared to Mesha and said as follows? Who is that? It's Uncle Mort. It's Uncle Morty. Everybody knows it was Uncle Morty. No, it wasn't Uncle Morty either. <coughs> then it would have to say, V'yadabrel Mesha, Ella, Hukishlishi. It's a third party. Loi Havaya Veloi Mesha. Not Havaya, not Mesha. Hamedaber Umesaper, who is speaking and telling Oides about Dibura Shel Havaya Mesha, about this particular revelation of this aspect of godly reality to Mesha Rabbeinu. About. Umevur it's explained. The Shlishi Medaber, the narrator of the Torah, who Lamaile Mishneim is beyond both of them. Lamaile Mibichinus Mesha, beyond Mesha, obviously. Lamaile Gami Bichinus Shem Avaya, but also beyond Shem Avaya. So to say Hashem wrote the Torah doesn't mean anything. Because Hashem usually, I mean, okay, I understand it's a generic God, but it, it's, it's also the, <coughs> the word that's also used to explain Shem Avaya when you don't want to say Shem Avaya. So that's also not true. The Rebbe explains the name Yudke Vavke. Even though it is. Even though it is. It's a very lofty level of reality. So the name Yudke Vavke relates to a state beyond time. 
completely beyond time. That's why the, the actual pshat in the word, the word, the, the letters k and vav and k, or, or simply yeah, without the yud, so the hey vav hey hove hove means present. When you say present tense, you say hove, that place in time that doesn't really exist. Right? It's an interesting place, the present. It's the place in time that we experience most powerfully, but it's also on a, basically the place in time that never exists, because present is simply the future being transformed into the past. How long does the present last? Well, it doesn't really. <laughs> you hear me speak, I already did. It's always the present. Well, it's all, on one level, it's always the present. That's what we experience. But yet, what we're experiencing is, is a place in time that for all intents and purposes doesn't exist. Which should give a person food for thought about relating to existence in general and our experience of it and our perception of it. Not to be so carried away by our perception of, experience, of, of, of existence to such an extent that what we experience is what is. Well, just, you know, think in time. The only thing I experience completely, and I, I can, I can experience the past on a certain level, but obviously it's much less powerful than my experience of the present. And yet, what is that exactly? <laughs> how long does it last? Well, okay, as short as you can imagine, because immediate. I mean, just what we're doing now, right? So we're learning. That's true. Perfectly reasonable to say that in English. Anachno lomdim, present tense. Perfectly reasonable to say it in any language. But what it means is that we have already done that and we are going to continue doing that. Because once we stop, then we don't say, I'm learning, we say, I learned. Right. Before I start learning, so then I say, I'm going to learn. While I'm doing it, so I say, I'm learning. Okay, that's true. There's no question. But what that is, is I, the, 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 my recent past is learning and my immediate future is learning. What am I doing in the present? Well, okay, to the extent that there is a present, I'm learning. But what, what is that exactly? How long does that last? You want to call it a macrosecond? Fine, call it whatever you want. And then you can cut it in half. <laughs> Time is really quite astounding. Problem is it passes very fast. <coughs> okay. So Yudke Vavke is a level beyond that. Beyond present, past, future. That's why the word Hove, which is present, then a Yud in front of it. So what does a Yud do grammatically? So a Yud can do one of two things grammatically. It can either turn a, turn a, a verb into future tense, right? Yidaber, he will speak. Right. Or... It turns it into a form of constant present. Kacha yase iyev. The Alter Rebbe explains it in Shayich Vemuna in the second part of Tanya. Kacha yase iyev, based on Rashi's pshat in that pasuk. It, it doesn't mean iyev will do. It means iyev does and will continue to do. Right. So the yud is constant. So constant state of present. Hayve. Yud kevavke. Beyond time. No past. No future. Constant present. There's no, there is beyond time. What does that look like? No. So that's simple pshat in Yudke Vavke. 
Even though on one level it's transcendent of time, time of course being part of creation, metaphysical time, physical time. It's still relevant, to the bringing into being of worlds. To Seder Ishtalshalus, to such an extent that Yud Kevavke is also a map of Seder Ishtalshalus. Yud is Chokhmah, K is Bina, Vav is Zah, K is Malchus, Yud is Atsilus, K is Bria, Vav is Yitzira, K is Mal, is, is Elam Asiyah. So Yud Kevavke, as much as it's the source of the light of Seder Ishtalshalus, it's very connected to Seder Ishtalshalus. You know it's transcendent, but it's connected. So there's a level beyond that, because we know there's a level beyond Seder Ishtalshalus. So what is that level that's beyond both of them? And this level that's beyond both of them, meaning the narrator of the Torah, well, I'm sure you figured it out by now. It's the Ebersh himself, Atzmus. The essence of a Kodesh The Torah and the Ebersh are one. Atzmus is narrating the Torah, so to speak, and saying, this level of my revealed reality spoke to Avram, this level of my revealed reality spoke to Moshe, Yudke Vavke, Elohim, Kelshakai, all these different names that are a function of revelation, Gilui. Okay, so then what must be the source of the narrating, the narrating of all of this all of these different states of revelation, a level beyond revelation. What's that? Atzmus, the Ebersh himself, Mamish. So Atzmus wrote the Torah. So therefore, what interesting thing just happened based on our psukim? What do we just understand? What was our problem in our passage? Before the Rebbe says it, you should understand it. What was our problem in, our, in, the, in the psukim? Who's I? Okay, so now who's I? Atzmus. Okay. There's a famous eye in the Torah. What's the most famous eye in the Torah? Anech Hashem Alekecha. Well said. Right? Anech Hashem Bidiuk. Okay, so what's that? Well, that's exactly what you would think it is. Anechi Atzmus, Havaya, or Elokecha, Kalim. Anechi Atzmus is drawn down into Or, Havaya, which is ultimately drawn down into Kalim, Elokecha, so that there's a revelation of Elokos in Elamazu. In Elamus Bechla. Anechi Valokecha is just. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Shema Yisrael is explaining an Eichiv Elokech. That's how the Ramban learns it. Yeah. So does that mean that Atzmos didn't write? Atzmos, not Atzmos. Atzmos means bones. Atzmos means essence. Atzmos. So does that mean Atzmos didn't write Devarim? No, it was just written through Meshur Bain. Though there are people who say that the Kedush of Devarim is different than the Kedush of the other Arba Svarim of the Torah, but believe me. Right. On a certain level, it is. Right. Yeah, but it's 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 Meishu Rabbeinu talking. There's no question, even though it's ultimately Shinin Midaber Seich Grayne It's God speaking through Meishu, but definitely Devarim is different than the first four books of the Torah. There's no question. Absolutely, it's still Torah. We don't treat it any differently. I mean, it shouldn't be treated any differently. But your question's a good question. Right. It's definitely different than the rest of the Torah. There's no question. That's why the Ramban says that the, the narrator of the first four books is Atzmus. Er, he, Atzmus, 
Der Zalt Voses Farge Kumen in Sederish Tauschlus. Atzmus is the one who is telling about what's what is happening in Sederish Tauschlus. I guess. Atzmus is talking about what's happening in Sederish Tauschlus. Oides about Hadibur the Shem of Vialmation. Oh, okay. So Atzmus is the is that which says Hasiraisi, <coughs> I will remove sickness. So what did we just learn about our effect, uh, so to speak, affecting a Kaddish Baruch Hu through our mitzvahs? What did we just learn? We affect Atzmus. That's what we just learned, isn't it? Did we affect Atzmus. So everything was nice and neat and tidy. That these psukim say we they're, they're talking about atik which we don't affect, and these psukim are talking about arich which we do affect, and this maimer chazal is talking about atik which we don't affect, and this is talking about arich which we do affect. It's all nice and neat, but this amnam just sort of threw this all into disarray because all of a sudden, how all of a sudden we just said, I mean, based on simple pshat in the Torah that hasiresi I atzmus will 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 remove sickness from your midst. We, there is no, doesn't seem to be a level of elokus that we don't affect through our mitzvahs. If atzmus is affected, v'vadim is v'alakechem, serve a kaddish baruch hu, beirach es mecho, and he yudke vavke, meaning in seder yishtalshlus, arich, and all of that will all happen, and you, there'll be a lot of bracha, right? And the rabbi explained what that all meant in the first page. And I, Atzmus, will remove sickness from your midst. Now what? What does all mean? Was the Kaddish Baruch Hu care whether you shech this way or you shech that way? I was going to explain that over here. <coughs> this is quite astounding. That we are dancing with Arach, we're dancing dancing with Atzmus. Well, Dafka, and this level of reality is specifically called Shlishi, the third. Al Derech Mashakosav, based on that which is written, Yichayenu Mayim. He gives us life from two days. And the third day he will establish us. Okay. This happens to be a posset that's the source of a, a number of maimarim at a certain time of year. What time of year might be a reasonable time for such a maim? Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah and? Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, beautiful. maim. What are the two days? Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah. The third day. Yom Kippur. Oh, beautiful. Well said. Right. <coughs> so there's lots and lots in my mind from all the Rebbeim on, on this Pasuk in, in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. But here the Rebbe's talking about it in a different context. <coughs> there's a level of Yomayim and there's a level of Shlishi. So what's Yomayim? There's a level of two and there's a third. So what are the two? What would the two be? Not, not, we're not talking days anymore. Now we're talking about levels of reality. What are those? What are the two? Aros and Kaili. No, not Atikinata. That's all Ur. Aros and Kaili. Those will be the two. Now, in Ur, we will see, there's going to be three different levels of describing those two levels, right? 
in terms of the or itself, or in terms of the or and the kalim. But but basically, there's two different levels of reality: oris and kalim, right? Infinite reality and finite reality. And that there's a level beyond both, which is the source of both the infinite and the finite. That's beyond infinite, right? I've said that so many times. God's not infinite. Godly light is infinite. God himself is beyond infinite because infinite's limited. It can't express itself in a finite form. So infinite isn't unlimited. It's infinite, but it's not unlimited. Right? It's limited. How? It is what it is, and it isn't something. It isn't finite. Can't be. <coughs> as soon as it becomes finite, guess what? It's not infinite anymore. Right? Okay, so can't be finite. Kaddish Baruch is not limited in any way, shape, or form. It's not limited by being infinite, right? which is where philosophers get it all wrong. Right? We've talked about this a number of times. Right? How can an infinite God create a finite world? Bad question. An infinite God didn't create a finite world. Right? It's not the question that's asked in Chassidus. Chassidus asks a completely different question and explains at great length and there's hundreds and hundreds of volumes of Hasidish and Maimarim explaining, uh, almost always explaining the same basic thing. How can infinite godly light express itself in a finite way? That's a different question. That's the question that Hasidus deals with all the time. How? Tzimtzu, Kalim. How can it, and how does that happen? Oh, because the source of both the Kalim and the Or is beyond both. So infin- the, the, the infinite can ultimately dance with the finite because there's something beyond both causing them to come together. Just like you could push two north poles together of two magnets that you're stronger than. If you're not stronger than the magnets, then the nature of the magnets will be that they repel each other because north repels north. That's just the way it is. So if it's some magnet in some you know, university, uh, 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 some lab in the university, we've got this magnet that could, you know, schlep a car, right? So obviously you can't push those two magnets together. It's beyond your strength. But two regular magnets you buy in the store to teach a kid about mag- magnets and pick up pins and have a good time, okay? So you can push them together. What's the problem? You're stronger than both. So what can Atzimus do? Push infinite and finite together. No problem. Because Atzimus is beyond infinite and beyond finite. That's why Kayach Atzimus is the Kayach of Briya Yesh is the power behind the creation of so to speak, something from nothing. <coughs> so there's Eris and Kalim. Those are the two. And the third is Atzmus, Kiyadua. She Yechayenu Mayim. And interesting, what's the language? Yechayenu, you give us life from two, meaning the source of life, the source of vitality, of all existence. Right? Godly existence created existence, metaphysical existence, physical existence, spiritual existence, and physical existence, all of that is miyamayim, is from two different levels. Kai, what does that talk about? Kai al klolosi shtaushalus. It's talking about sederi shtaushalus in general, four worlds. Shenechlak l'shtayim, that are divided into two. What are the two? So simply, two different levels of or. Bechinus mamalei kolalmim, Right, the level of mamale, which we learned in Basilagani, right? We know this. The level of light that's all about being clothed in vessels. Mamale kolamin, the light that fills the worlds, it fills the kalim. 
the level of light that's transcendent of the kalim, that's beyond the kalim, surrounds them, meaning it's too powerful to be clothed in kalim. Right? Okay. So there's two different levels of light. I mean, it, now, that's certainly within the context of Urus and Kalim, but in this context, we're talking about two different levels of light. The light that's Shaykh the Kalim and the light that's not Shaykh the Kalim. Mamale Sevev. That's one way of looking at the two. Or, Bechinus Urus, U Bechinus Kalim. Or simply, Ard and Kli. Like you guys said, and you're right. Mamale and Sevev is the same, it's just said in a slightly different way. Now the third level, the Rebbe is going to say in the more sophisticated way. So there's Bechinus Erdos and Bechinus Kalim. That's the second way of describing, describing the Yemayim, the two different levels. <clears throat> or the more sophisticated level, Bechinus Or, the level of Or, Kameshu La'atzmai, as it is relative to itself, which is a revelation of infinite reality, that's Or. It's not about being revealed to anything else because infinite doesn't <coughs> reveal itself to anything else because there isn't anything else in infinite reality because there's no difference between, I mean, where does one thing stop and the other begin such that one thing can reveal itself to another thing. In infinite reality, it's just revelation netto, but not, revealing, not revelation to something, <coughs> just a state of revelation. So there's, so to speak, the light as it relates to itself. The light as it somehow, or whatever this means when you're talking about godly light, experiences its own infinite reality. Whatever that means. Okay, so there's the light mitzad itself. That's the first level. Ha'or kameshu la'atzmai. And then there's the or, vagilui kameshu la'zulase, and the revelation as it is to the other. Right, which is light that's clothed in vessels. The vessels being, as we learned earlier in the Mimer, <coughs> the source of the other. Right, that's what Kalim do. We learned it. Previous page. Page 325, right in the middle. This is a Mimer not to miss. Because you're missing this Mimer, you miss all sorts. Every page is just full of unbelievable information. Not just elokus, right? I mean, Mela, it's full of elokus like everybody, but it's also full of unbelievable information that you have to know in order for elokus to be something that you feel at home with. So those are the two levels of Yemayim, Oris and Kalim, or Mamale and Sevev, or the Or Mitzad itself, and the Or as it's revealed to the other. <coughs> and of course, the way the Or is revealed to the other is through the agency of a Kli. What's That's Atzmus. The essence of God. Kaddish Baruch himself. That level of Kaddish Baruch that we can have no comprehension of. We know that there is such a level, but what it is, we have no clue. Right? The language in Chassidus is, <coughs> excuse me, we can understand its Metzias, its existence, we know there's such a level, we talk about it, it's right here on the page, there's such a thing, there's a level called Atzmus. Okay, I know it exists, but what don't I know? It's Mahus, what it is. I haven't got a clue. No thought can comprehend you. That level of godliness is the, is the level about which the Zerah says no thought can comprehend you. <clears throat> which we saw. 
Okay. Asmus, the Abish to himself. This being that just is, didn't come from anywhere, no purpose, no reason, just is. Why is he? No answer to that question. Don't say he is in order to create worlds. That's a silly thing to say about a Kodesh Baruch. As we've mentioned so many times, all of creation is one thought in the life of God, in one machshava. Machshava achas bara, one thought he created all the worlds. <coughs> so the worlds are the Abish to like picking up that cup is to a person. If a person exists to pick up that cup, that's a pretty limited understanding of that person's existence. What about everything else they do? Okay. So the world is, for all intents and purposes, completely and totally irrelevant to a Kaddish Baruch's existence. What's amazing is we just learned that a Kaddish Baruch who cares about the world to such an extent that what we do actually, he allows us to connect to that level of him through what we do. Even though it's a level completely beyond anything we can imagine. We know that there is such a level. What it is. What's absolute essential being? Being that's so powerfully being that it doesn't need any other being to give it being. Every other level of reality exists only by virtue of the fact that some other state of reality brings it into existence. The highest level of godly light is brought into existence by Atmos. Atmos isn't brought into existence by anything, it just is. What do you call that? We learned it in Basilegani, the Rebbe's Mimer Basilegani, what's it called? Remember? <coughs> existence by virtue of itself. Uh, which only applies to Atzmus, doesn't apply to any other state of being. Even though you and I experience that, but it's not, it's not a true experience. We, we, we experience it. We might come to the conclusion that we exist by virtue of ourselves. Because that's what we experience. That's not true. We also know that's not true. Anybody with a brain knows that's not true, because anybody with a brain looks around and sees that everything has a source in something. Okay, so we do also. But we experience this incredibly powerful experience of existence by virtue of itself. Okay, what does that teach us? That teaches us that the source of our being is Atmos, the level that exists by virtue of itself, which means that's the level of Elokus that we reveal in Elamaza when we do a mitzvah. Okay, that's why this is the world that's going to be the place of the ultimate revelation. This is the world that Akadosh Baruch Hu wanted. When he wanted to reveal himself, what did he want? He wanted to reveal Atmos, so this is the world of the revelation of Atmos. And ultimately that revelation will be evident to everybody when Mashiach comes. should be Tekah for Miyat. That's what Mashiach means. <clears throat> but that's what happens now, just in a hidden way. I have to be aware of it conceptually, but I don't experience it. <coughs> Vezeu... And this is, now we're back to the Pasuk. Shebetchilo, at the beginning, Neymar, it says, V'vadetem esavai lokeichem u'beda. Serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and he, who's he? Havai lokeichem. Seder Yishtashalus. Sheshlishi al-madaber, the narrator of the Torah, meaning Atzmus says, T'kashev v'vadetem esavai lokeichem, that when you serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and Elam then the whole marechet, that whole system of downward emanation of light, which we talked about at length again on page 325, right? The previous page, where we talked about how Ayurveda affects Urus and affects Kalim and how that all works. Okay. He'll, he'll bless your, your bread and your waters. 
Meaning the the the, the whole marechet, the whole system will work in a healthy, proper way. Hainu shahavaya shem yudke vavke, which is the source of the light of seder ishtalshlus. Sha'alav nemar that regarding that level of elokus, it says vavadetam as avaylokechem, serve avaylokechem. Yivarech eslachma v'smechol. That level of elokus will be the source of bracha in your in your in your physical sustenance. But then the pasuk continues. It adds, and I will remove sickness from your midst. I will remove. First person. The narrator of the Torah, which we just learned is Atzmus. Atzmus itself will remove sickness from your midst. Move on. From this, it's understood. Sheinyan Aveda, that our Aveda Negeya affects Leidak Lashem Avaya, not only Shem Avaya, which itself is quite astounding, and Lagam Lashlishim Adab. Also Shlishim Adab. Bechinas Atzmus Umaus Einzav Baruch. When you and I do a mitzvah, you somehow we're touching Atzmus. Shaveda Pe'elis, that our. our Service in this world causes not only not only that there should be certain which is a function of the orderly downward emanation of the light through which the Rebbe explained on page 325 I will remove And now the Rebbe says, but wait a minute, said that. now this, this opens, uh, this, this, we, now we have a huge question, though. <coughs> we saw my Maria Chazal, we saw Psukim that seemed to say that we don't affect the Kodesh Baruch. And we had a very nice, neat little, little answer. We affect Arich and we don't affect Atik. That was our answer. It was nice, neat, tidy, everything worked. But now nothing works. So what did Chazal mean? V'tzarech lahavin, the Rebbe says, after we just explained, that's the Amnam. Now at the end of the Amnam, there's a Tzarech lahavin, which is usually the case. Wait a minute. However, if you look at, if you understand things a little more deeply, you realize, wait a minute, our nice, neat little answer doesn't, it doesn't seem to answer all the questions. Because we do affect Atzmus. How do you know? Well, that's what the Pasuk says. V'tzarech lahavin, hari bebechinu shilamaylam yishtaushlis, and those levels beyond the yishtaushlis, see if it says in tzedak damatitinlah. It says, if you do righteousness, what have you given to him? Meaning there's a certain, there's a certain level in which we don't affect. So, how does this work? Do we? Don't we? We're back to square one again. We know a lot more than we knew when we asked the question at the beginning of the Mimer. At the beginning of the Mimer, it was all just a nice little question. Okay, very good. Do we affect him or not? We didn't know. Now, understanding everything that the Rebbe taught us on page 324 and 325 and 326, so our understanding is, Baruch Hashem, a lot more sophisticated. But we're still back at the same place. Wait a minute. I, I don't understand. There's an aspect in which we evidently do affect the Ebrister. There's an aspect where we don't. But I get the do... But I don't get the don't anymore. Why? It's interesting because when we first started, when we first asked the question, we said it made a lot more sense to say we don't affect the Ibsha. How can I affect the Ibsha? I'm saying the Ibsha is the Ibsha. 
little me down here in Eilamaze who can, you know, might have to blow my nose sometimes, so I, I'm going to do something that can actually affect the Ebishter? I mean, okay, I say to. So in, in that context, the Rebbe kept saying, Kaviyochel, so to speak, so to speak. Right? Whereas now, the, the, the shoe is on the other foot. That we affect the Ebishter, well, okay, I, it says we affect Atzmus. So when it says we don't affect the Kodesh what does that mean? Okay. <clears throat> it's sort of late to start, but we'll read the first couple of lines and then we'll start. <clears throat> Tomorrow morning we'll see a muscle that'll help us understand this, but we'll just see the. The Yesh Lema. The Rebbe is going to explain the Maimar Chazal, Ma Ich Pesleila Kaddish Baruch. What does Kaddish Baruch care? Right? That very that sort of rather astounding Maimar Chazal that said, What does a Kaddish Baruch care if you shecht from the front of the neck or the back of the neck? The mitzvahs were only given, Letzadah Ben Asabrias, the mitzvahs were given to purify creations. So we took that to mean that the Abishah doesn't care. Like, it's no. You're not affecting the Abishter doing the mitzvah, you're affecting yourself. You're, you're elevating yourself and illuminating reality. You're doing all sorts of things. And, and that ended up meaning, and it, this is really quite astounding, that we affect all of Seder Ishtashlus through our Veda. But Lamailami Seder Ishtashlus? Atik? No, that we don't affect. That level says, What do I care? Do whatever you want. So that made a lot of sense to us because, after all, so well, well, the, what, the Abishter is less the Abishter if a Yid doesn't put on filling? I mean, I understand. The Yibish is the Yibish. The Yid is less connected to light and goodness and health if he doesn't put on tefillin. Okay, that's a function of his connection to what's real. But, but the Yibish himself, the Yibish is the Yibish. So now we're saying, no, somehow Atzmus is affected. Okay, so then what did, what did Chazal mean when they say, Ma'ich pislei, what does the Kodesh Baruch Hu care if you shecht from the front of the neck or the back of the neck? Now, notice it does not say, what does the Kaddish Baruch say? Care if you shecht or don't shecht. It didn't say that. It doesn't say, what does the Kaddish Baruch care if you do mitzvahs or not. It doesn't say that. It says, what does the Kaddish Baruch care if you shecht from the front of the neck or the back of the neck? Okay, let's just quickly see what that means, and we'll talk about it at greater length tomorrow. We'll bring a marshal with it. Ooh, these are just very cute people from Australia, but, uh, but I'm, I'm not talking to them. And maybe the people in Bangladesh will be excited to know that they called. All right. If I do that, that's really nasty. I don't like doing that, but that's so final, you know. Just <coughs> might be Delhi wanted to talk to me. This is like big stuff. Shazeshamru Razal, Ma Ikhbislayla Kadish Baruch. What does the Kadish Baruch care? So the Rebbe says an amazing thing. Kai al haveda atzma. That's relevant to the aveda itself. What's kai? It's irrelevant. Literally stands on, but irrelevant. To the aveda itself. Dahainu, what does that mean? Prate aveda. The details of the aveda. Aval shel aveda. But the result of the aveda? Right? Meaning we said we touched Atzus. Now, skip the next two lines and we'll... Uh, three lines. No, two lines. Go straight down to Hine Zeh. We'll, we'll, we'll fill in the blank tomorrow morning. We'll, we'll see it. Okay? That affects Atzus. Okay, so the Rebbe makes a distinction between the details of the Aveda 
and the result of the event. The details, Atik couldn't care less. Because what are the details? The details are a function of what Seder Yishtashlux looks like. How do you shech the cow? You shech the cow in this part of the neck and not this part of the neck. Why? Because that's what cows will look like in Seder Yishtashlux. What if cows look different in Seder Yishtashlux? How would you shech them? What if the top of the neck was the part where you know, most of the stuff was and the bottom of the neck had the, had the spinal cord and all that? Then where would you? You'd shech the top of the neck. What difference does it make? Right? Meaning, that's all the fun, the details of the Aveda, that's why it's interesting, it doesn't say, the Chazal does not, that Maimur Chazal doesn't say, what does the Kodesh Baruch care if you do mitzvahs or not? It doesn't say that. Chos v'sholem v'chos v'sholem. It says, what does the Abishta care if you shecht from here or from there? I mean, the way you shecht the cow is based on how cows look in Elamazah. So what if cows look different in Elamazah? So you shecht it differently. What difference does it make? Right? And if cows... And if cows were from Klippus Timaeus and horses were from Klippus Neuga, then what? So you'd shut the horse. Like, who cares? What difference does it make? To whom? So to speak. To any level beyond Seder Yishtashlu, that's all irrelevant. Because all of the, everything you and I do is all within the context, I mean, all the details of what we do are within the context of the reality in Seder Yishtashlu. So what does Atik care about Seder Yishtashlis in terms of what a cow looks like? What does Atik care? That's what Chazal means. Not what level do you affect. Such an unbelievable pshat in the Maimur Chazal. There's a level of, Ab- of the Abishta that's completely beyond the details of Eilam Azim. So that level is, well, so do whatever you want. And what if there were eight days in the week? So then we'd keep the eighth day to be Shabbos. But if there were six, so the sixth day would be Shabbos. And what if Shabbos were the third day? So the third day would be Shabbos. What difference does it make? To what? To any level beyond Seder Yishtoshlus. In Seder Yishtoshlus, you better keep the seventh day, because if not, you're completely and totally disconnected from all of reality. Because reality is that the seventh day is Shabbos. And if you're not connected to that, you're just somewhere else. Okay, but that's in Seder Yishtashlis. And if, they, if Seder Yishtashlis look different, so it look different. What difference does it make? What difference does it make to what? To any level beyond Seder Yishtashlis. In Seder Yishtashlis, obviously, it's the whole, that's all that matters. Right? What, when do you dive in chakras? What time zone are you in? <laughs> you dive in chakras based on your time zone. Right? That's when you dive in chakras. Why? Well, what's a time zone? Talk to Atik about a time zone. What does Atik know about time zones? Time zones? What's a time zone? Atik also doesn't know about time zones, but at least Atik is the level of godliness, is the source of the reality that ultimately ends up with time zones. So Atik is effective. Atik? Go talk to Atik about time zones. What's time? What, is, what are the zones? What are you talking about? What is that? So that level of, of godliness is so transcendent of the world that the particulars of a Veda are irrelevant because those particulars are a function of what goes down in Yunayla Mazen. But relative to touching Elokus, how do you touch Elokus? Well, you touch Elokus by doing it the way it has to be done down in Yunayla Mazen. The Pratea Veda are absolutely important down here. It's all about Pratea Veda. It's not about general reality, you know. I'm going to act nicely on Shabbos. 
No, that's not how you keep Shabbos. I'm going to be more spiritual on Shabbos. That's not how you keep Shabbos. Keep Shabbos by learning Shulchan Aruch and finding out what Burer is, what Tchina is. How that when you make a salad on Shabbos, you better make sure that you cut the pieces bigger than you cut them on Monday. Because if you cut them too small, you're over an Israel called Tchina. Cutting small, making bigger pieces into smaller pieces. You don't want to do that. Right? If you don't like the uh, corn and the rice on Shabbos, so if you take out all the corn, so then you're over an Israel called Burer. <coughs> you can't do that. Right? That's what it means to keep Shabbos, right? Well, what's corn? What's rice? What's vegetables? What is all that? Well, that's all Seder Yishtashos. So in Seder Yishtashos, that's all, that all makes a difference. Any level beyond Seder Yishtashos? What are you talking about? Do whatever you want. Meaning do whatever you want relative to whatever exists down there, but that has nothing to do with me, so to speak. Atik could say. Okay, we'll bring a marshal tomorrow and then we'll go back to <coughs> Shamai, could I have that back please? Because that's the copy I make copies from. Thank you. That's why it doesn't matter. Nice to see you. You okay last night? You were sick? Take a break. Okay. Good to see you. Nice to see you.